0: Welcome back, ADHD listeners. So, as I have previously expressed, I wanted to have my deliciously delectable girlfriend on here uh, to talk to you guys and to talk with me about what the actual struggles of ADHD are through the perspective of a partner slash family member. Any any perspective outside of the individual person is what I wanted to bring to the table. <laughs> The table today and or in my in my case the carpet and the couch today mm-hmm. um wherever you guys will be sitting at essentially uh so uh we have ariana today she is also a podcast pioneer on her own in a podcast series that i have told you guys about multiple times honor redefine um so yes welcome her today she's going to be aiding me and you guys through the complex situations and conversations that couples have to have on the, the real real and the down low about what problems actually exist and uh, how to actually talk about those things. Because there are things I do that I know piss her off. And there are things that just because of my ADHD that I know she does that irritates me, which I mean, doesn't sound like it should be a thing. But let's be real. Just because we have ADHD doesn't make us like the, the F and her the A or them the A. So it's a give and take on both ends. So that's what this conversation uh, is about today. So hopefully you guys can start a conversation of your own, maybe just get some insight out of this podcast episode to figure out how to broach situations in your own lives or families. So Ariana, say hi to the audience, let them know a little bit about yourself.
1: Hello there. Um, Like Brandon said, um, my name is Ariana Williams and I am not only um, his girlfriend but I I don't know what I'm supposed to say here are we gonna to edit this one? so you're
0: a therapist <laughs> okay. um, you are a girlfriend the only kind of background that you fully need is the fact that you're you have been dating me for seven years and I have had ADHD for 15 years so you've been dating me half my experience and you've only had
1: um, ADHD. I mean, I've had it for, a l- I've had it okay, since, cool. I since just didn't, birth. I to you know, you know what I mean? I yeah. have,
0: I've, I've been working with it for got
1: it
0: X okay. number of years in debut. So that's, that's the only credentials you need here. So audience out there, the only credentials you need is having to live and put up with, and I can say put up with because I'm one that has the ADHD, but the only credentials you need out there is to be around somebody or even know the symptoms of ADHD because you might be the person who's listening to this for yourself because your girlfriend, boyfriend, other significant partner maybe doesn't want to talk to you about it because it's uncomfortable touch situations well here we go okay so that's all you need that's all you need for the groups essentially so
1: so yeah um, I'm Brandon's girlfriend uh, and we've been together for going on seven years. So I've had um, a lot of time to spend around him and learn a little bit more about ADHD and AD- ADD firsthand. I also, <clears throat> excuse me, I also am a therapist. I work with people who deal with those similar neurological um, diagnoses as well as other mental health. So it has, um, given me an additional perspective, I guess, or layer of, um, information. Okay. Okay. Layer of information. Um, so what she's telling
0: you guys in the short form for all you ADHD listeners out there, she has a clinical background in the psychological basis and neurosis that some of us, deal with so she'll be able to give you deeper and more in-depth insight into some of these things that some of you guys are experiencing like me
1: yeah
0: so so yeah all right so uh we're just gonna have like a real just candid conversation uh stuff that we we have some of the stuff we've talked about some of the stuff we haven't talked about um you know just things that some of you guys might have questions about things that i've had questions about things that we've talked about that we didn't finish talking about in the past or that we have talked about and finished. And we just want everyone else out there to hear a conversation between a loving couple about the struggles of ADHD. Mm -hmm. So, um, my first question, like what we've already discussed is, did you see anything in me when we first started dating that first date we had at Jack stack barbecue? I have a feeling that I was fidgeting a lot and I have a feeling that I was like a little bit here and there. But I'm not sure if you noticed it. Uh, what I would say is that at the time we were sitting at the bar having drinks at the end of the day, it was really, really, really hard for me to sit there and face you and stare at you and listen to you the whole time hmm. because that wasn't something that I was usually doing. It helped that you were a pretty pretty, pretty beautiful woman. Hmm. Obviously, and I well, picked the right of food for you when you were ordering. But I noticed, <laughs> even on our first dates, that I, I, I noticed my own ADHD, which I wasn't fully looking at or thinking about in terms of like what is an actual issue or what causes a problem with people who I surround myself with so were there anything was there anything that you noticed when we first started dating that you now knowing me after seven years would have seen and been like hmm that is that 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 could be ADHD or were you just down for the ride
1: um honestly well um I can agree that you know what you make mention about on this on the date that i can now know that there would that would have been complicated um or just challenging to do because you were really attentive and i feel like you were really focused um on the date that's how you get but to date, people <laughs> but i wouldn't have on the outside, I wouldn't have been able to know that that was something that you were struggling with.
0: Cause you probably need a more insight from me on like what yeah. the issues were as opposed right. to just like me having a hard time focusing on you and like, exactly. actively listening.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like there's the issues. Yeah. I just wouldn't have known what all the dynamics were there for me to even make that kind of an assessment. Um, but you know, when I think about just even early on in the relationship, I think i could probably go back and maybe pinpoint some things that could have been characteristic of of adhd well and the thing is is right now in this moment i couldn't give you an exact example and maybe one will come up as i'm talking but um i felt like you had an energy that matched mine to some degree so anything that felt out of um or more intense just kind of felt like Okay, well, he's just got a lot of energy, just like me, and people often make those same comments. So it didn't seem odd that there would be like outbursts.
0: So, real quick, audience, uh, my eight strong. Um, whip, whip. This is one of those times where we have an individual who's never been diagnosed but feels like they may have ADHD. Uh, she's gonna, she's gonna try to respond real fast. But I'm gonna keep talking and maybe raise my voice <laughs> if I have to. But this is one of those situations where if you think you have some of the symptoms and you're struggling in some of the areas of your life go get checked out and find out if you actually have adhd because some of the smaller uh, fine-tuning issues that come with adhd can be addressed really easily anyhow this conversation is also with somebody who has adhd so i'm going to try as best i can not to interrupt and do a lot of sidebar so we have a list of questions that I have written down, but as we all know, that doesn't really apply uh, when it comes push to shove. So we'll do our best and we'll just jump around. But
1: we'll, we'll just do it. We could do it. You can do it in parts if you want.
0: Yeah. Anyways, on that on that uh, topic,
1: uh, go ahead, Ari. So I would like to mention though, um, Brandon has um, diagnosed me, and I will say that I now that I have looked at some different assessments, there are characteristics of ADHD that um, I can understand. So there is a chance that there is um, some level of that on the spectrum. Um, And you know, for me, that's kind of how I see things is that things are on some level of spectrum. So we maybe I have something that's more low, low grade or just different than him. And so that is why, um, like he said, maybe I didn't didn't recognize some of those things early on. But now, um, Brandon has a lot of outbursts, and those outbursts are actually really funny most times, um, but sometimes they are not, they, or they're or they not necessarily not funny, but they... Um,
0: they can be a literal distraction, or, or a yeah, shock to the system. Um,
1: and they can affect, uh, they can be, huh, they can be as a result of a mood as well, and so, I think looking back, I now have a deeper understanding of what were some of those things that were going on, but I never saw them as problematic. They just kind of seemed like, oh, these are just his, these are just his characteristics, and I have some weird ones, so I figure that if anybody was going to understand them, he was going to understand mine, and vice versa.
0: <laughs> right. So you mentioned like on our first date that I was really attentive. Yeah. Um, I know that we've had problems. And not like, you know, I'm going to break up with you. Like, let's just go ahead and skip this wedding planning stuff. Like, okay. but I also know that, like, there have been times where you've been telling me something about your day at work. Mm-hmm. Or you've been telling me about something from, you know, um, a Coursera class, something that you've been taking. Something you're really passionate about. And I've been looking you directly in the face. And after, you're like, what, do you, what did I say? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, we got ramen noodles in the fridge for dinner tonight. Right. Or something like that. And... As a person with ADHD, we often don't have the luxury of stepping back and taking the time to see how that makes our families or partners or whatever feel. And so, when that does happen, what was it like? Um, when you started noticing more and more of that, was it like a um, was it sad for you to like notice that? Like, well, on your first date, you were so attentive and so like actively listening mm-hmm. to me, and and now I'm starting to see. I mean, obviously, we were dating two or three years before this happened, but my question is to you: Is like, did your feelings change about the attentiveness on our first date and our active listening on the first date to your actual relationship with me and the fact that I have a literal problem
1: yeah,
0: staying focused true. on what you are talking about? Whether it's personal, whether it's passionate conversation that you are trying to have with me, or just just the humdrum of the conversation, like does that change? Has that changed how you feel about the active listening part?
1: really good question so i think that now i have a much better understanding back then when like you just said in the on those first date going to later and also knowing that like we i have my own issues so the inattention i don't I think was very much tied to some level of um, hurt because I didn't know if it was like, am I just not interesting? Or is there something that's caught? Co- like, is there some, obviously there's something causing it, but is like- Is it me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's more of like an internal assessment about it. But I also can say that now, now that we again have more of an understanding about ADHD, I've done my own work um and i've also done my own work to understand adhd that's, impo-
0: that's important uh real quick this is another one of those impulsiveness uh issues that ADHD people have i'm just going to cut in here mm-hmm. and it's not offensive or i'm not trying to be rude to ariana or anything but this is a point where a lot of people who have adhd if they have a mind or a thought on their mind they need to let it out that's why journals are really helpful to have by your bed at night and just carry with you all the time well i would i want to say in this moment that for all you uh partners out there, family members out there, it it, it, it is helpful and behooves of you to do some research as mm-hmm. well so that way you can understand what we're going through because we all we don't always have the words to express exactly right. what is going on in our minds. Like I was telling Ariana a few minutes ago, sometimes when I just have a loud outburst around a TV show or an exciting moment in a show. I'm not. I don't even have time to think about the outburst until it's out, until it's already been done and said. And I'm looking around and watching people's faces and eyes look at me like I'm some kind of you know circus person. So yeah. uh, it's helpful for people to have some research um, to actually aid and help understand uh, some of the symptoms that are that, that that do coexist with ADHD, and some of those aren't symptoms that will that will ever be able to be admonished or, or gotten rid of. Right. So it's helpful for you guys to um, research
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: to find out what other things you can do to help us.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I do. I think that that's, uh, that is key um, mm-hmm. because if you don't take time to understand what it is that they are experiencing, then it's always going to feel like it's a problem. And then you're going to be less willing to find a solution for for what's going on. Um, And so, yeah. So I think that um, there was a part of me for some period of time that felt hurt by the inattention. Uh, And then because there will, will be moments where Brandon's able to be attentive for long periods of time, even now and um, over multiple sets of days. And then all of a sudden there'll be something that seems really important. And then that thing isn't, isn't um, as doesn't keep his attention as well. And so then it's like, wait, and so you have, it's like a continual thing where you're, you're constantly reminding yourself to make sure that you don't take that in the wrong way Uh, but again now we have a deeper understanding of that which has really served itself well because uh, i'm able to recognize that in the moment what for what it is and we've also created our own language around that thing like um we call it zoning and so like we have an agreement that when we when we zone that it may not be at the most opportune time or what someone might deem appropriate like it could literally be let's say i mean we wouldn't need to in this setting unless like we're actually physically talking to someone but let's say we're at a funeral we could literally like ear to ear be like zoning you know or um if you're in an intimate situation uh in, in one of the books that we were reading it talked about how like you can get distracted even during sex and so you in that moment you can like zone or yeah if we're just talking to one another like we're zoning yeah. so it's just like it's important to have a language that makes sense so that way you both and, have a healthy resolution yeah
0: and, and just to like so for all you listeners out there we have actually just started this keyword of I'm zoning out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah and sure. this hasn't been ha. This hasn't been happening. I mean, we've been together seven years. I would probably say maybe. Yeah,
1: please six, don't let me miss on that.
0: Six, I'm not like six months to a, a year is. I I'd probably say six months is probably the term or the length of time that we've actually figured out that actually helps and, it, and what it actually does. I feel like for me, is it helps. It helps me tell you that I'm. Our conversation, the fact that I am li- not listening and my inattentiveness has nothing to do with your story, right. and it helps me to uh, lower the gavel or the hammer and just say, "Hey, I'm not, I'm not listening." But it is also like very comforting to say it that way because I feel like I'm letting you know, like I'm not, I'm not intentionally trying to let you down or not hear you. Let's talk about this later. Right. But right now, I'm definitely not following this. Yeah, um, agreed. So. Uh, Real quick though, we're probably I'm gonna hop off topic real fast and jump to something else. We actually haven't really any down this down for this, so mm-hmm. I'm sure that Ariana over here is about to look like she's getting thrown into a meat grinder. But so um, one thing that I express to my listeners is having a kind of structural support system mm-hmm. and. I just wanted to know from your perspective, because I've lost car keys, I've lost wallets, I've forgotten where I've parked sometimes. Obviously it's not that big of a deal because it's in the front of our apartment or the back of our apartment, so that's not huge. But losing my ID, losing my whole wallet, losing my car keys, those are pretty big issues. You know, obviously a Honda key costs, you know, $300 to get redone and stuff like that. So those are big financial risks that sometimes I have had a hard time uh, keeping track of. I've gotten better, but. There's still times where I have lost things. And so my question to you is, uh, whenever I ask you to be my accountability partner, does Mm -hmm. that make you feel like you're being put in a mothering situation as opposed to a girlfriend slash fiance situation?
1: Sometimes it depends on the circumstance. I think that like, um, should be real. I' going to be real. I'm just trying to uh, come up with the right examples here. Mm. Um, so a situation with the wallet, we've had that situation on more than one occasion. and so I think that like no. when I'm able to when th- I guess the best way to say is like when things are just calm in general, then I'm more willing to do those things. But like, let's say we have a lot going on in our life and just what, for whatever reason we just have more um, happening then my threshold for being responsible for another adult is much lower. And so then it's like, or my tolerance, I guess, for that is much lower. And so while I, I can do the rationalization in my head that, you know, for, for risk assessment, it's probably better for me to take on that responsibility because I also know that when you're overwhelmed and there's a lot going on, the the tendency for the risk to lose things goes up. So Mm -hmm. it works if we have a mutual um, situation, situation. for us to be able to to handle that so therefore me taking the responsibility and you lowering the risk that something like that's going to get lost but yeah like i said if if things are fine or just not as overwhelming then i um i feel more willing would that be right yeah um, more willing and it also but you just have more you
0: just have more you just have more time on your plate to do that stuff yeah. um and i would like to say that like a lot of a lot of um, a lot of the moments where I'm misplacing items, or well, shit, misplacing items. Uh, that's one of my biggest things outside of just my boisterousness and uh, my inattentiveness is misplacing items. Um, so, in a, in a previous podcast, I talked about exercising and how that's beneficial for hyperactivity. In this moment, I'm I'm also going to contribute that to. Um, helping with my anxiety and my stress. Mm-hmm. So if I'm dealing with some BS at work, right. or you know, I, I got flipped off by a guy on the highway who cut me off on eighty, uh, I go to the gym, and that helps with my stress and anxiety. And the reason why that's beneficial is because I notice that when I have more anxiety and more stress,
1: yeah.
0: I start losing things.
1: Right, exactly. Like that,
0: just, that just contributes immediately to me losing things. So you're so you're not saying it's a burden that you have to no help me out with 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 the accountability, but sometimes it can be stressful and burdensome because you also have a lot going on on your plate. And I have to, I have to take an account for that as well. Yeah. But well, usually I as a actually... person with ADHD, it's hard to, in that moment you're just trying to find keys in that moment. You're just trying to find a wallet. Right. So I know there's probably been times where I haven't really been thinking about what you're going through because I just need to find whatever I need to find right. so that way I can feel like I'm not a failure. Yeah. as somebody who has ADHD. Hyper-focused
1: on the- So the my
0: so my literal product. attention is on finding this wallet, finding these keys, making my significant other appreciative that I corrected the mistake that I made. And at the end of the day, it really isn't anything we can control. Right. It's just a combination of really good cocktails that a really bad bartender made for
1: us. Yeah. Well, that doesn't feel very good either. Like, you know, if you're, if you are having, situations where things get misplaced regularly and probably for someone who is dealing with that situation is also had, have lost important and valuable things over the years, then that um, makes you feel bad, you know, about it. And so when it happens regularly, it affects how you feel about yourself. But I would also like to say that you've done a really good job to put systems in place that allow you to do a better checks and balances.
0: Check out my Instagram y'all,
1: for those things. So like um, putting um, making sure the keys have a set place to go on the like on the hooks when you walk in the door, right? Um, Oh, gosh. Yeah. And
0: uh, like, you'll notice like a lot of people's houses you go to if you go to a person's house, and they're open and just, you know, Jovial about their ADHD experience, you'll be able to notice things in their house that um, have a, more of a, a system in place. Or for example, I read that people who have ADHD in the at- inattentiveness and hyperactivity, they love colors. So if you came to my house, you would see paintings, not paintings of beige, whites, blacks, grays. You'll see paintings of reds, purples, mm-hmm. blues, greens, very vibrant things. I keep my attention every day so that's yeah. that's actually a pretty good point to to make i just I, I didn't actually think about that
1: yeah like even like um the remotes um brandon likes to have a set place where the remotes go like just um lighters like and that causes. Things I in the fridge like it just really i mean, that goes. is
0: great but like just a few minutes ago when i asked you to put you know a lighter away you right. were upset because
1: so we you don't, you, you don't staff, like to I get it. And, well, know, it's not that I don't get it. It's just that sometimes so I don't when I want- I don't
0: I don't reciprocate the same actions all the time when it comes to organization and structure. And so I notice um, that when I, well, I notice no. that when I tell you sometimes to like do things, it's like, Well, I noticed it was there yesterday, so why didn't you put it back where it's supposed to be? And so I, I also notice that my structure and me trying to organize the house, mm-hmm. like I'll wake up in the morning and see the controller's on the couch and be like, All oh, right. Why did not put them back inside the glass pan that's sitting on the entertainment center? Okay. When, pardon me, when sometimes I don't even do that, and so I can't, I can't be upset about that because I literally can't do that. So every person out there who has ADHD, give the people you're working with or who are working with you, give them some credit, give them some patience, give them some grace because you're gonna ask them things if you have a problem with structure. You're gonna ask them things that help you out with your structure. That you're not always going to be a, be able to uphold your part of the bargain on. So be patient with them on that part because in this moment I'm realizing I do think sometimes when it comes to structure that make me feel great before I go to bed that I wasn't really focusing on all day. So mm-hmm. I know how that could affect you.
1: Well, and something I do want to go back to you said, I um,
0: knew I knew it.
1: I knew she, I knew it. <laughs> burdensome. And I would have to agree. It's not, I would have to disagree. It's not burdensome, it's cumbersome sometimes. Like it just is is another thing to think about, but it, it's not, because of how I experienced your ADHD, I feel like I experienced it in oh, a more positive ADHD? experience. Um, so I'll get to that in a minute. But that changes how I react to it. That doesn't mean that i don't ever have moments of like frustration. Or anything like Yo, that. No, y'all
0: know there's frustration there.
1: <laughs> but I think that I, I don't experience those characteristics as a burden. They just sometimes are an there they are a more intense need for responsibility. Um, and that and that is different to well, how I experience that.
0: From an ADHD so, person's perspective, it often feels as though it's a burden because it's very, it's very underutilized in mental health. Uh, It's very um, unrecognized and unvalidated in social constructs, even work. And so it makes you feel like you are a, like outcast because a chemical imbalance in your brain that makes you lose stuff and then makes you feel inadequate. Whether you have a job, you're making $50,000 at or a hundred thousand dollars at, if you lose your wallet and you're an adult, you're going to feel some kind of way about that. So it may not feel burdensome to everybody, but to me, on multiple occasions, it definitely seems burdensome for sure.
1: Understood. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely wouldn't take, I would never try to take that away. Like, I just think that for me, I'm I, because of what the work that I do, who I am, and what, my are you doing? personal history. What?
0: So, oh yeah, your work. Gotcha.
1: Um, and my own personal history that it, I have a high, higher tolerance and compassion and understanding for what another side might be going through, and therefore it makes it easier for me to see the quote unquote problem as a, as a solution. <laughs> um, so yeah, you asked me about my experience. Um,
0: oh, I just said, how do you, how do you view my ADHD?
1: Yeah.
0: Not the person.
1: Right. No. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess
0: you kind of have to view the person too. Tall, dark, handsome.
1: Yeah. I, you know what? Like, I feel like for me, the. Like I said, I am able to see this as um, a, as, as a benefit. Like I I can't, I keep using that word, but I really, it has given me a really, a much deeper, let me get more succinct, better. (laughs) It has allowed me to establish a deeper understanding um a deeper understanding <laughs> of you as a person and i know we're not talking about you as a person we're talking about the adhd i was gonna Go put that up there okay i was gonna say i was just gonna start over and then we could edit it however needed to anyway um so well that's
0: all on there So this is <laughs> adhd positive we don't we don't edit unless we're cussing Unless we're like, you know, falling off our fourth story balcony or something like that, because I want all of my listeners to understand what ADHD is all about, and ninety percent of that also happens during conversations. Okay. And so there's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of additional words, a lot of connecting words, transition words that people with ADHD have, because like I said, I have sixteen different puzzles in my head that I'm trying to put together all at the same time.
1: Okay so so yeah it um has allowed me to one learn how to work better so if i take about it think about it from a professional standpoint it has allowed me to understand how to work better with the population that i work with Uh, and in the field that i'm in that's something that i'm coming across pretty regularly so i am able to hear things from you, learn things from you, and then also apply those to the people that I work with. So it just, it makes me a um, more efficient and well-rounded therapist, I feel like, um, by way of learning through you. So there's that benefit for me. And then um, it deepens the relationship because it also, so something like we were talking about earlier is that I've taken time to learn more about ADHD And I have seen what works for Brandon, which may not work for everyone who in their personal relationships. And so something that I've seen is that when he um, gets frustrated about something or his attention is getting his inattention is getting the best of him, I'm able to my goal is to get his attention, like to get in his face in theory. So that way he can like see me and we can work together on finding a resolution to whatever it is, is causing the upset or this disruption. Um, And so that deepens our relationship. And then also it makes me, like I said before, more compassionate because all I wanna do is find a way to help you. and if you want the help. And I also recognize that not all the time he wants the help. Sometimes it's about him making sure he can do whatever he needs to do uh, and taking ownership for that, which is also really cool too, when that's necessary. I think I'm getting a little lost, but nonetheless, um, the things that directly benefit me. (laughs) Um, What was the original question? What was the original? Yes, it was. Yeah, no, my so, experience.
0: I, so I didn't say. My I didn't say. I didn't, the... I, didn't, I didn't say. I didn't say that wasn't. It? I said what was the original question? Oh, the Original question ex- was how I
1: experience ADHD. How,
0: uh, no, it was. It was, so uh, was how, do, how do you experience. view my? How do you view my ADHD?
1: I know, and that's what I'm talking about. Oh. How do I experience your ADHD? Okay. this is the answer so to just, what you asked. Like you were
0: getting lost. I just didn't know.
1: Oh, because I was trying to go down my list because I don't want to forget to tell them anything
0: that I right <laughs> that right, I, right that I had right right
1: um and so. Okay, yeah. Um, so how it directly benefits me, which I, I can really appreciate. I'm someone who likes to keep a clean house. Um, let my mother tell it, and it's not necessarily the same way, but that's neither here nor there. And so um, him wanting to cle- um, move the furniture pretty regularly is so helpful because I get to clean baseboards. Don't lie.
0: You didn't like it at first, though.
1: No, I know. Okay, yeah. I mean, if I got to go all the way to the yeah, beginning. Yeah, I mean, be real. So because it's like I am. Why do you, you saying that? I, I am being real, but I'm not thinking what you want I'm to I'm just saying, when I
0: started moving furniture at the beginning of our relationship, you would always be like, babe, why are you doing this? Okay, so maybe, why maybe you I was going to get
1: there. Maybe I was talking, giving them the oversight, and then I'll take it back. How do you know? i <sighs> <laughs> All right now, y'all so as i was saying um when he moves the furniture around it allows me to notice things on the wall clean things um keep baseboards clean uh we get dust up out of spaces that maybe you know had we left it there and that's one of the things you know i think that when people move into certain places we'll leave things in one place for so long well the benefit here is that because the furniture gets moved enough we get to make sure that our house stays clean um, and things get to I get to use my neuroses in a way that works for me and so it also changes up my flow which is really important for me I'm someone who needs a lot of change uh, and so Brandon allows me an option to have a new environment pretty regularly which is really great and we also have a cat Layla who I'm sure he's mentioned at one point or another and so she she loves that too because it's fun her environment is regularly changing and um it also allows me to try new things so if we take it like outside of the home he's more willing to be spontaneous and try all sorts of cool activities or you know go on just random little adventures and for me i am um i'm just not as willing to take as many of those same risks and that'll his his adhd for me really truly is a benefit when um when i'm able to keep perspective
0: so I just want to. I just want to touch on something that you talk about in there, like when we're social and out in public. So, when we first started dating, and we went out in public, and I was like, "Hey, how you doing, stranger? Hi, how you doing, stranger? Yeah. Hey, I love your hair. Oh, I love your shoes. Ooh, girl, look at that weave." Mm-hmm. And I was like talking to everybody, <laughs> and I was talking to everybody as if they were like my family or whatever. Mm-hmm. I remember some of the comments you made when we first started dating is that made you uncomfortable oh, or, or sure. made you not feel it made you not feel okay to be seen in, in a way of better saying it. It made you feel uh, not comfortable to be seen with me because I was so out there and so vocal.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, how has that changed since we started dating? Like, what I mean.
1: <laughs> now it's just, that's just who you are. Like, it's just, I, I recognize that. All of this is a part of you. We
0: we are also known as social butterflies.
1: Yeah. Um, all of this is a part of you. And so early on, there was probably this desire to correct what seemed inaccurate. And that's my own Unknown, issue. unfamiliar. No.
0: Not inaccurate.
1: In my head, it was inaccurate. <laughs> like. So, and-
0: so you're saying that you're ignorant on the fact that people who have ADHD are just impulsive like talk to anybody.
1: Right. Well that's, it's,
0: that's not that's not inaccurate.
1: I know it's oh, not it inaccurate. Is inaccurate it's but ignorance. in my mind at that time I was yeah. like, this isn't how we act. But it wasn't because I knew you had ADHD. It was just because I thought that you were one who just was just really open, more energetically open in a way that I was not comfortable with. And like I say, that's my own issue. And so over the years now I'm just like that's just who he is. That's just a part of his that's I think Personally, even without the ADHD, this is who you would be. The ADHD just oh, amplifies. Yeah, right. No, I swear that the ADHD just amplifies those characteristics. Um, and maybe they don't always come out like at the right at the at the at the times that maybe you would do them if you didn't have it. But I think that you would still have the same level of energy. I think that you would probably still have outbursts. They would maybe just be more controlled, like. I think that that's just who you are so i am able to see again not see the adhd as like an issue or anything like that and see it more of just like a vibrant part of you yeah and even though it does come with its struggles the benefits the positives of it and the things that come from it outweigh whatever the the problems are, and I'm not going to sit here. You know, like I do want to be clear. Um, I know that my experience is not the experience of others, or even maybe even many others, when it comes to ADHD. Because one of the things I also find to be important earlier, you had mentioned like support, um, support people, is that as the partner of someone who has ADHD if you do, especially if you don't have ADHD. Your
0: support methods are always changing.
1: Your support methods are always changing, but you also have to find a community of people who also understand your position.
0: Yeah, tell tell us what support systems you found.
1: It's the, it is the equivalent um, of people who date, or not date, but people who are in relationships or know someone who has an addiction it is the equivalent of what Al-Anon is. So you have AA and then you have Al-Anon and so they work together. And so this is how I see having like the support. If you have someone who has ADHD, then you also need to find a community for the people who do not have ADHD so they know how to best support them. And therefore um, I went and joined a few groups on Facebook um, and those were huge for me. But what I also came to recognize is that there are a lot of people out there who are dealing with much more um, intense situations progressive. or um, progressive. Did you say progressive?
0: Yeah, like progressive situations on ADHD.
1: Yeah, well, and I mean, just their circumstances, like not being able different. to get a
0: job because they're
1: um, maybe not being able to get a job, but like um, having children and they're dealing with someone, like um, a partner who has ADHD, and like one, I'll give you an example. Um, a few days ago, I was on Facebook and I had seen that one of the the individuals was had sent. A text and was frustrated with their partner because of the fact that they had spent over twelve hundred dollars on video games. Impulsivity. Yep. And um, the 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 person who didn't have ADHD. was That's a lot of money, though. Let's just be real here.
0: Twelve hundred dollars, right? And the person that's like a
1: used car. Yeah. And the thing was is that the person said that they didn't even know that they were spending that. They were just playing their game, and they were just you know whatever. And anyway, the little bit of manic. But yeah, the, the partner was essentially frustrated because this has been something that goes on regularly and they were saying how they were going to have to sell like some, um, vehicle of theirs if they didn't, if the partner didn't stop doing what they were doing. And so I just simply, simply, I say that to say, well, that's that the, Brandon I mean, and I, yeah, that's
0: the importance of communication though. Cause if, right. like, we're not talking about that. I could, I'm not saying that I would go out and buy a $1,200 video game, but if we weren't communicating about like the, um, the lapses in time that I missed, or if we weren't talking about the fact that i misplaced keys for three weeks in a row, that's not going to change. And I feel like in order for that to change, a system has to be implemented through communication with whoever is trying to help support you.
1: And I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. At least from what I'm seeing out there, I'm getting a deeper understanding that there are so many things that can't even be factored for sometimes. And you can have all sorts of communication, but that doesn't mean that the issues don't still exist in some way, shape or form. And so I just recognize now, um, and I just want to make sure that I, I tell whoever's listening to this, that, you know, my experience may not be everyone's experience. You know, Brandon and I, it's just Brandon and I and our cat. And so we're able to we can take more time to figure out what works for us and what works for our home you know like one of the really cool things that brandon has taken on over the last few months is trying to do more budgeting which has been so helpful because before that was a real struggle to um really come up with a system that would work for him to want to sit down and even engage and his energy about it has changed too like he he wants to do it it's not because i'm asking him to
0: i just want to i want to add like a, just, a, just a pen drop. Like, so we are actually doing the Dave Ramsey method mm-hmm. and, that, and that requires a lot of focus, mm. attention to detail, sitting down for 30 minutes at a time, writing out your grocery list, your actual budget on paper. Right. And that has actually been really difficult for me because not only is it one of the three factors that breaks up a relationship, but it also right. includes attention to detail and focus. I'm a landscape designer, so the attention to detail is there. The inattentiveness and lack of focus and lack of interest is what caused me, causes me the most problems. So I, I have just started entering in all the receipts for all this stuff that we have as a running total for the month and then the year of what we spend. So I haven't, I haven't graduated to the level of completing, all this stuff required of this budgeting system. And that's why I have Ariana. And and I that, that may sound like a cop out to some people, but that is why I have you because you are able to help with some of that stuff. And I'm not, I'm not giving myself an excuse or, or, or an opt out, but like I say, a lot of times with a lot of listeners is I have to be realistic about my uh, attention span and how long it can last. So yeah. like you obviously know when I'm, you obviously can see me over studying or something and see me get frustrated and like slam down a book or something, or you've seen it, you've seen where I have had issues with attention. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I just wanted to put a pen there about the Dave Ramsey method. And this is, the, this is the budgeting that we're talking about specifically. And so if any of you out there using this program, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
1: did, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, so, We've just, in some, we've been able to figure some things out. And ironically, I would say early on, which it is in the length of like our future, but I also know that, you know, it takes a long time to figure out what things look. Um, and so, you know, this has taken. This has taken work to even get to I mean, this. There, We've been doing this 7 years and yeah. just now are really starting to get I mean, that. Is there room. is there anything
0: is there anything about my ADHD or any of my symptoms that you wish were not as severe? Oh, as
1: severe?
0: You have hearing that you can hear the TV from downstairs in another apartment. But, yeah, I, but is that I your have,
1: adhd or is that because you've had Well, i'm talking about i'm
0: talking about my 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 allowed outbursts
1: oh oh um, like, are there any
0: other any things that you would like to say are probably some of the cons and i'm not going to be upset about this because uh, i mean you're stuck with me
1: like, i know you're not, gonna, <laughs> you're not going
0: anywhere i just i just i just want to know if there's anything anything that any of my symptoms that because there's a multitude of symptoms out of all three categories and I just want to know if there's anything that is hyper focused for you and that you pay attention to more than anything else.
1: Yeah, um, the sound, the sound thing. I have really good hearing, and um, loud sounds actually like startle me, Woo! like that. Um, and it, so, in the right setting, I don't mind but in the home that we live in, if you may have heard that, it's not quite an echo. So like I told you when we build that I want want to have rooms that have the right kind of like padding in them because when the sound bounces, it won't bounce so loudly because in here we have high ceilings and our voices are much more expansive in this room. So when you make a noise, it's amplified.
0: Me, 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 me. Yeah, um, okay.
1: and so in a right setting, it'd be fine. Or when we're outside, even though I'm easily embarrassed, like just in, in general in life, like I get embarrassed like tripping, like so I'm just saying like so so you, I hate so you get attention being drawn. So you get embarrassed when
0: I say things out loud outside?
1: <laughs> Not embarrassed like it's like because I don't like attention being drawn. Like I just said, so I hate yes, embarrassed people. because yes.
0: you don't like attention to, to, being to mean dog yourself, yes. but not because I'm being loud. Right. Gotcha. Okay. So that was that's that's what you'd say is probably.
1: So well, no, <laughs> that just got tied into there. So there's that. Um, and then yes, so the sound, loud noises, and then also um, I think because of the risk that comes with it are things like the the impulsivity. So you we make like no no no. Risk I'm about to life? tell you the risk. So. One night, Brandon and I were sitting outside on our deck and I had my legs across his leg. So, what is that? Perpendicular? Yeah. yeah I mean... um, and it, my leg was underneath a metal part of the chair. There was a moment where Brandon got ready to get up very quickly, but he didn't end up getting up. But what was interesting was in that moment, I realized in my head that if he got up, that would have broken my leg. And we have kind of like this running, little creepy joke. creepy joke about breaking my leg because sometimes if he's moving too fast or impulsively. Um, there's a, there's a risk. And so that's what I mean by risk. So the things that come with it. Um, and then also probably sense of urgency, like you and I just have different sense of urgencies. And right now I don't even have a good example.
0: Well, oh. Yeah, I think that I think that just on the sense of urgency, people who have ADHD or at least in my case, we are struggling or I am struggling every day to try to maintain my semblance of um, normalcy yeah. in the society we live in. So when I wake up, I'm thinking about the 10 minutes in the morning that I got to study. Um, now, now that I'm, I'm switching from job to being entrepreneur and looking for a part-time job. Uh, there's a lot more things that go into my day now that I need to do as a person with ADHD to not feel like I'm failing. Yeah. And so like when I wake up, there's 17 different things, 10 of which are in this side of my brain and in my head that have nothing to do with productivity or becoming better at what I'm doing for the day or the week that I got to push out. And then, then there's seven other things in here that I know that I have to get done. And I know that three of those seven things, I'm probably going to overlap my time on because I'm more interested in them. Than the trivial monotonous tedious stuff that i have to get done in order for the enjoyment to happen again Mm -hmm. so that's my morning that's usually what i feel whenever i'm thinking about
1: yeah can i ask you something Mm because i noticed that was the second time you mentioned uh, like trying to keep from
0: Feeling feeling
1: like a failure um so that is something that's like on your mind regularly is that would that be accurate or trying to at least no, I don't think, I don't
0: think that I don't, it's not on my mind. Uh, normally Mm -hmm. it's on my mind when I'm making big decisions and taking risks that people who don't have ADHD have the luxury of doing just on a whim Got it. because there are like every time that we add an extra vegetable for all you vegans, vegetarians out there, every time we add an extra protein for all you carnivores out there, there are so many other things. So whenever I add one thing, There are five different things that come with that one idea so there are all the things that there are all the ideas that i want to write down on a piece of paper Mm -hmm. to make the idea more sound and fundamental for me to carry it out there is the thought of all the actions in between the writing down and actually doing the actual work Mm -hmm. to make it a reality there are all the people that we think about that uh we may or may not let down because of our adhd And then there is our adhd so when i sit down to study every morning i think about okay when is the first time that i'm going to have a distraction when is the first time that i'm going to um get bored with this because it is not something that i'm super interested in and that is something that i think that everybody has to do because there are certain there are certain classes in college that i'm about to take that i'm not i'm not going to be 100 interested in right. or enjoying and during this pandemic i'm gonna be taking at home yeah. and so i have to prepare myself mentally and emotionally for sitting up there on my computer getting ready to study and knowing that there's a possibility that i'm not going to get through all that mm-hmm. and knowing there's a possibility that i'm that i have to so people who have it easy or at least me i have to push myself every day to make myself not feel like a There are other people out there who are going to look at my life story and my successes and think, well, you're not doing enough.
1: Right. Well,
0: in my mind, I am battling 17 different items in my head when I only need seven to get done. And so every day for me is, is essentially a ticking clock because, and I've heard everyone say, Oh, you know, as you get older life, time goes by so much faster. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm starting to realize that time's always gone fast for me even when I was like a teenager, like time has just gone really faster because I don't ever have time to sit and settle and think and just, you know, just (sighs) relax and enjoy that single top. That's why going hammocking is such a great leisure activity for me. Mm, So I don't always feel like a failure when I'm making large adjustments or something that could affect a lot of people as opposed to just me. That's when I have uh, the issue of feeling like, well, can I really achieve this? And that goes back to having realistic expectations and boundaries for what you want to do and how you want to, how you want to turn your actual idea into a goal. And I've, I have realized that that's the hardest thing for me is turning an actual idea because I have thousands of ideas coming out of my head. And this is the third or second one that I've actually made into a reality. So it's, it's kind of like ADHD is like this really like generous friend who's giving you all the answers to the test, mm-hmm. but you're not even interested in the test. Mm-hmm. You're getting all the answers that you need, but you really don't care about that because you're thinking about all the other students in class also trying to give you their answers. And so I'm sitting here thinking about a test with 20 questions on it, getting all the answers from 40 students and all their answers are different. Right. So that, that is literally how my day goes when I'm thinking about entrepreneurship, even when I'm thinking about work. Work is more structured, so it's easier for me. Yeah. But that's how I think about my day-to-day routine for the most part.
1: Yeah.
0: So that is usually where I um, – feel like a failure is when I'm trying to achieve as much as I know that my heart is willing to, mm-hmm. but my brain is not with my heart. Yeah. So that has actually been something in the last year that I've actually had to realize if I want that fear and that, that feeling of failure to leave, I need to focus on things that I am passionate about and leave the rest at the door. Cool. And that, excuse me, that goes for more than just people with ADHD. That just goes for including that girl who just wrote that book. I I don't give a whatever, you know? Yeah. And so I just realized that like, that's, I don't always feel, I don't always feel like a failure, Mm -hmm. but when I'm, when I'm putting a lot extra stuff on my plate and also there are certain people who also make me feel like a failure when it comes to ADHD. So people that don't validate the fact that ADHD is a real thing, Right. people that always tell me like, Oh, you're just making excuses for you know, why you can't stay focused, why you've lost your keys, why you lost your wallet. And
1: We don't need those people here. One of the
0: largest one of the largest issues with me is I know that I lose my keys. I know that I lose my wallet. And I have and in some of those early stages, because now I have a a little box that has a it's a place for everything. So I just put my wallet, and my keys, and all my other stuff near that area. But when I first started losing my wallet and my keys, it was an like an immediate feeling of like letting everyone down around me. Mm-hmm. Like I let I let you down. I let our cat down. I let like everybody down who's ever said like anything positive about me and, and that maybe not with ADHD, but as a, so a little bit about me that I haven't told my listeners before is I I am military experienced. And so there's a lot, there's a lot of, you know, um, um, structure there. There's a lot of discipline there. And so when I also lose things in the beginning of this, like, you know, path and trial and error to having a place for everything, um, I did feel like I was even letting myself down because I knew that I could do, I knew that I could, maintain all this stuff. If I was in a different country, staying alive and trying not to get killed, then I knew that I had the ability to do it here. It it just seemed like there was an entirely different conditioning system here in the States as opposed to in the military. And so, um, yeah, I don't feel like I have failure issues of failure a lot. It's just when I'm making big decisions that um, Risk for me is a lot harder to jump into because of all the other things. And as my listeners already know, that I don't take I don't take any over the counter drugs anymore to help me. But when I was on Adderall, like I was a mind, like I was I was right. like tunnel vision all day. Like you point to point A, I'd go straight to that and get all the obstacles done on the way to point A. You point to B. I'd do all the obstacles along the way to B, and then, uh, you know, A through Z, I would be able to do that. But then when I took off the medication, um, I got my sense of like social skills back and my creativity back. But it left me with the issue of focus and the hyperactivity being something that pretty much just like conquers my day when I see something that's very exciting or happy or yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I don't feel like a failure a lot, but in certain situations, yeah. I mean like when we first started dating I had to go grocery shopping by myself, that was definitely a situation where either I was gonna fail or not come home with everything. And usually both. So it was just one of those things that like I mean it is a real a real fear of of, of failing when you have people that actually know you can do better and you know, you can do better, but without medication, without the right steps and structures, you can't.
1: Yeah. Well, um, you know, I'm, I don't know if the word is sorry or I'm sorry that, that it feels that way. So, op- you help often. for sure. Um, you help because, because you never made, made me f- wanted feel yeah. that way, but you know, yeah.
0: Again, yeah. it's one of those things that like, when I was in high school and middle school, like no one even thought the ADHD was important or cared about it, or like I got laughed at by my therapist when I was in ninth grade because I couldn't focus. And she she prescribed me pills, but but then like thought it was funny that I had ADHD. So I just thought it was like this it's like thing that people have that like it's made fun of and is a mockery, but it's not it's not. They made me feel like whenever I first got diagnosed with ADHD that ADHD was not a real thing. Mm-hmm. Not only did my dad make me feel like that, but my counselor's at school made me feel like that.
1: Why would they give you meds if they didn't think it was a real thing? I'm not Well, like,
0: I'm I sure. mean, they oh, made it obviously they knew it was a real thing because they they gave me the medication, mm-hmm. but I could tell by the way my counselors were talking to me and my doctor who actually gave me the medication.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I could tell by how they were talking to me just phrases and things that made me feel like they weren't taking it seriously. And as I was just, Oh, here's another person who has the ADHD. Just give him a pill. Like it was just, it's like, there's no way this can really affect all this stuff in your life. As long as you have this. Mm. And so I felt like I was either made to choose, like I need to take this narcotic that my doctor said, if I take for too long, it's going to cause me to have heart problems or I just have this stigmatization of having random outbursts, inactivity and not listening to people, whether it's in an interview or to your spouse or, or significant other, I was just gonna have to deal with that. And those are my two options as a child and as a, as a young adult. And um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that, that is my early experience for the most part without mm-hmm. getting too far into detail about what I um, feel when it comes to ADHD. So, Earlier I noticed you talked about me having, like, issues with ADHD when I get frustrated and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to say that I appreciate the fact that you do that because a lot of times that is the bridge between having ADHD and getting frustrated to having anger problems and blaming totally. others for why you're having issues. Mm-hmm. And I recently, or not recently, a while back, was doing some studying and some research on adhd and it turns out that's one of the most prevalent things in adults is anger aggression and violence from adhd and i can see i can see as a person with adhd how quickly and rapidly that can progress if you don't have someone or people to support you with those frustrations because they can turn i have i so on a on a personal level, I have been to the point where I've been studying or reading and I'm having such a hard time focusing and studying mm-hmm. that I want to throw my book through the window. Mm. Like, those are the points that where I've gotten to yeah. that I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah. I'm not doing this. I'm having a hard time with this. And there have been times when you haven't been home where I've been studying and I just punch the table because I'm just like, oh, my God. I just need to read 12 pages that I've written down in my journal to give me the semblance of success for the day. And I cannot do that. And so you really helped me by telling me it's okay. I'm not perfect. I'm not going to be able to change overnight and I'm not going to be able to change over, you know, weeks months to the point where I'm always going to feel like I'm doing the best that I can do. Um, And so you've actually helped me figure out that like just day-to-day successes would make me feel good about myself and i may not be as smart as everybody else i may not be as you know creative as everybody else but i'm damn sure just as authentic or more authentic than anybody else and so that's what i that's what i want to just thank you for for the most part so Uh, I also heard you earlier talking about children and all this other stuff, so how would you feel if we had a child, you know, two, three, terrible twos area, Mm -hmm. that was diagnosed with ADHD? What would that make you, what does that make you think about, dealing with a husband
1: and a child? Um, I've actually given that quite a bit of
0: thought, and yourself. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I
1: have given that quite a bit of thought over the last few years. Yeah. And We're I'm not-, not gonna sit here and act like it would not be tough. Girl, you i to be because a kiddo who is dealing with ADHD doesn't always have the mental fortitude to understand what they might be experiencing and why those things are happening in those moments and why they're getting frustrated about things or why you know that they're they're going from room to room without any um, uh, solution of what they're doing and so ooh um, I mean I think it I think to be honest with you be, though, it'd be good
0: because, because we I mean
1: I I think, it'd I be, I think, think it be I think we can do it but I think, I it'd think be, be, it would be fairly Well, but I'd like to be clear. You asked me how I would handle having a child and a husband who is dealing with that situation. Well, I'm speaking
0: of having a child and a a wife who has ADHD.
1: However, one, I am undiagnosed. I am diagnosed by Dr. Brandon Johnson. (laughs) And I also, even though we can both agree that I have symptomology related to. ADHD, we do not know where on the spectrum that that sits, and I do not think that it would be um, advantageous of us to make a decision on how that would impact us as a family. And so, speaking from my perspective, it would be tough, but I also know it would come with really wonderful uh, experiences, and I, I often think about like what it'll be like if um, our kiddo also likes to play. and well, I mean obviously kids like to play, but like um, do some of those creative things that you like to do. Or you know Brandon is one who really gets caught up in new cool things like that. and so that in itself will make him a wonderful dad because he will want to be involved in what his kids are doing and he will be seeking to nurture their creativity whatever that looks like uh and so i think that there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of valuable things that come from it but i'm not going to sit here and act as if that would not have it's come with its own set of challenges that i don't think at this moment right now we can fully calculate gotcha so that
0: makes sense makes perfect sense i don't i don't i definitely i was just saying from my perspective that i think that having a child with ADHD would give me a lot of perspective into my own life Mm -hmm. and give me the opportunity to correct what my family did not Mm. do correct. Mm -hmm. Mm. Because I I know that if I was, if I was nurtured in the areas that I was naturally gifted in, I would not be, I don't think I'd be a landscape designer. I think that I would probably be a Jackson Pollock. I think that I would be a sculptor. I think that I would be a visionary in a creative sense, uh, if you will, um, uh, you know. Obviously, I'm talking about this book I'm about to write about childhood trauma and stuff, and so I feel like there's so many more possibilities for children who have ADHD to thrive and succeed in what they're actually gifted at. Yeah, and it wouldn't actually hurt to have a conversation about opening an academy just for ADHD students.
1: Maybe you should look into that.
0: I should. Um, but what I was going to ask you is... So, we both talked intimately about the fact that we think that you have ADHD. Yeah. And this isn't to put you down at all. Oh, no. And I just... what you said it, you made it sound like, ugh, ADHD. Terrible.
1: No, I'm simply stating... Are you talking about when we were talking about the diagnoses just now? Yeah. No, I'm not saying it like, ugh. I mean, I, I don't... <laughs> Y'all, don't let him fool you. I already got my own diagnosis attached to some things. So it I, it ain't about a diagnosis that's the issue. It's that anytime this is me, this is the therapist part of me, it is not appropriate, ethical, or healthy for people to, to label a diagnosis that has not been fully assessed. Because the reality is, is that when people start, when people come, to the idea that they are labeled with something, then it makes it easier for people to act in the sense of um, of that that diagnosis, like things that will just fit it, and then it just all of a sudden gives um, clout to why someone acts a certain way. So I I just I I think it's just important. Not to diagnose someone when we don't know, but I'm I am fully on board with the fact that I have symptomology that so is related to ADHD. So, I would not be surprised. So to if get you were to go out
0: tomorrow and get diagnosed with ADHD, uh, how would that make you feel? What would that change?
1: Honestly, I think that it would um, make me feel more relaxed and confident because um, normal. My yeah, like it, oh, there's a reason why this is like this, like. Um I you know sometimes I get uncertain about cause some of the symptoms that come with ADHD are also symptoms of, anxiety, of like anxiety depression. and PTSD. So it's like I don't know, I don't know. You know, it it would just make things maybe feel better. But um, if you guys
0: have a question on the symptoms of ADHD, I'll I'll post that later on my uh Instagram page for you guys to look at.
1: Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, so yeah, I feel like it would probably make me feel more normal about the fact that I always have something going on in my brain. My brain very rarely ever tends to stop. I struggle with sleep because of it. Um, you know, I think that, I think that because I have so much that often is going on in my head, it makes me feel anxious that I'm not doing the things I'm supposed to be doing. Like. I don't know, thinking about certain things. Maybe I'm supposed to think about this, or, you know, or maybe I'm supposed to be doing something else. So uh, it would, it would, it would, yeah, it would probably make me feel a little bit better about some of the things that I experience that I think are maybe in my head. I'm like, that kind of seems weird. So I'm not going to tell anybody about that. But it's not because I don't want anybody to know. I mean, it's obviously because I don't want somebody to know, but it's because I don't know if what I'm thinking is normal or abnormal. And I know I also overthink a lot. So then I'm like...
0: <laughs> and you are a therapist, so you have a bias, so...
1: Right, so, right, so there's so many layers there. But um, I think I ultimately would be very accepting of a diagnosis such as that.
0: Hmm. I'm sure you would be too. I'm sure you've been living that life for a while now. <laughs> um, so we talked about ADHD, like what, what, what it was like when you first met me. Some of the stuff we've dealt with while we've been dating. Um what what would what I mean what would you say I mean I know my own tactics for helping us out mm-hmm. with ADHD stuff what what would you say has been most beneficial for you to like a tool or a, a technique that you've used outside of getting into my face that you think that, <laughs> that, that, you, that you that you say helped me I mean obviously yeah, yeah I mean
1: um you mean like for us yeah I mean for How us make I mean, us work well together um Notes, I can't say that's necessarily, again, I guess I can only speak for me, but um, notes have been effective. You know, I tried to leave him like notes that detail what it is I'm wanting him to do. Uh, And I honestly, I'm a big sticky note person. So I use like brightly colored sticky notes for the things that maybe I'm trying to notify him of. Um, You have to
0: repeat things a lot to me. And I will say that (laughs) (laughs) there's <laughs> <laughs> sometimes where I really dislike the fact that you have to repeat things to me because I am an adult. But then I have to stop and think about the fact that I have ADHD and that I am doing it the natural way now and not doing it with medication. So I realize that sometimes I blow up on you because I don't want you telling me things more than once. And um, sometimes I don't get done still. Sometimes I do. Um, but I think at least over the last two years or so i begin to understand, like, what you're dealing with and the fact I need to give you more, like, you know, leeway and not snap at you. And you're like, hey, babe, did you – are you still going to put that food we cooked three mm-hmm. hours ago in the refrigerator?
1: Yeah. Some mornings
0: you wake up and it's still on the stove. And right. That's stressful. And it's, 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 it's irritating for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you for at least telling me that I need to do stuff and reminding me. And my accountability partner because you're going to get shots fired back at you so accountability partners out there um just know that the person who you're who you're dealing with um the people who actually have adhd it's nothing personal they're just trying to help you already just tries to help me sometimes and i noticed that i can get kind of quick-lipped or sharp tongue with her on certain things that in the end actually have helped me so
1: well, and I would like to say to, you know, to, as an advocation for those who have ADHD, um, or I guess even people who don't have ADHD, you know, ADHD is not, it's, where am I going with this? it's not an excuse, but it's a you do have to be, it's a circumstance, right? Um, and
0: what she's essentially trying to say is that it is a give and take uh, with both individuals. Oh
1: no! So yes, 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 <laughs> but, but no. Yes, Brandon and I have a healthy relationship. Um, you know, we we have our problems. Um, we bicker. but we also understand like how to how to work together. So that doesn't mean that you just blatantly like if someone's not treating you well, whether it's whether they have ADHD or not, like, or you're the person who has the ADHD, like you still have to find someone who's willing to work with you. You are gonna have people who are not in your corner and who are gonna be telling you things that are not helpful to you or yeah, you know, so put have, you down. Yeah. And so you you also have to recognize that, like we're coming from a standpoint of, like a healthy communication. We are trying to be very intentional about the way that we work together. Whereas not everybody is going to be willing to do those things. And you have to be able to decide and dissect whether or not those people are in it for you, or if they're in it just to like, you know, manipulate whatever the circumstances.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you're like, like, good point. Like I have met some people who, like me for who I was, my spontaneousness and all that other stuff and then when they realize like I have ADHD or, or whatever, I can I can tell just in the the reflection of their tone that they think differently about me or yeah. you know, the recent job that I was just at, they whenever I told them I had ADHD, they were dumbfounded because they were like, Well how are you such a good leader? Like, how do you keep all this stuff together? Like how are you how do you take such, you know, detailed notes and how do you do all this other stuff that makes you a good leader, but yet I'm being stigmatized for having a so-called disorder that's supposed to, that is, that is in reality or perception of what people think is reality is supposed to hinder my performance or growth at work. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've also experienced that as well.
1: Can I, can I say something that kind of had started with that, which was just the fact that, um, you know, one of the things too, cause Rand was saying about how, I may repeat things for him and, and, and I do that, I do that for me and I do that for us because I know that if it's important, we both want to make sure that it's getting heard. Um, and sometimes that's just not going to happen even after repetition and that's okay. Um, but you know, I think that one of the things going back to what you had asked me earlier about, uh, did it does it hurt sometimes or did it hurt sometimes? with the inattention. And I think something that I struggled with, and even currently, we sometimes have struggles with is not remembering, and we both not remembering what like was said. And I think that sometimes that can feel sometimes you don't know if it's intentional that they're not remembering or if they're doing it unintentionally. Um, You know, so something like, did you, you know, turn off the light and then they say that they turned off the light and then you go out there and the light's not off. And then you're like, well, you said you turned off the light and then it turns into like some level of contention because you're like, well, it's because you just didn't like, did you really not remember? Or do you just not want to, you know, like take ownership for that thing? Or are you just trying to make me feel crazy? So it's, um, you know, it, it, it can be, that's, I think one of those times where it's more challenging because you're me as the person who has the undiagnosed ADHD, I don't know, if I don't know if I'm going crazy and I just thought that it was one thing versus the other. So that's something that I, I feel like.
0: Which communication helps again. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, for I sure. Mean, I mean, for it sure.
0: can get tiring after a while to re- have repetitious conversations over the same thing, but no, but it's just a learning process. Yeah. And that's part of the growing pains, if you will, yeah. about ADHD for the most part, I think. It's just being being patient. Yeah. So is that your answer for like I mean I asked I said like what what what's the most beneficial or like helpful thing technique that you use with me is just communication.
1: Um, um, Do we ever even answer that question? Um, <laughs> so one of the most helpful techniques Oh yeah, yeah, we talked about the post it notes. Um and um yeah, you know, like having like this is a clear, yeah, communication, clear communication system, having systems, having systems, that's really what it is. Having systems has been helpful. Like we do budgeting, we do meal planning, we like set up dates. Oh my goodness, guys, something that's worked really well for us and please agree or disagree with me if you, however you feel, excuse me, um, however you feel about it. But um, because of the fact that we do do budgeting, uh we have bills that are due right most people do and we have events and things like that that we have to attend and so we keep a google calendar that pops up notifications for you know whenever something's due or whatever for that day and that has been really helpful because we i can he has just as much connection to what we're doing and it keeps everything in order so that's been really helpful for me to also like know that he has access to that information and then being able to say, tell him where where it's at. Like if he's looking for that information, this is where you go to seek it out. Uh, and so I think that that's been super helpful because again, it's a system. So systems, systems, systems.
0: Right, right. Systems that's, definitely help.
1: That's the answer. Like I've, exp- like, like I've, been, like
0: I've explained in the future. Or the past.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so when it comes to... Uh, medicating for ADHD,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I was taking pills for a while, and, and I personally noticed a change in who who I was—not how I was acting, but who I was as a complete person. Yeah, and I actually hated who I was on pharmaceutical drugs. Yeah, um, I really didn't like who I was. I didn't like the lack of social skills that came with the medication. Um, and I was honestly quite worried about how it was going to affect me for taking it for a long time. Mm-hmm. But, um, was there, I mean, did you, what are your insights on me as a person with ADHD or as your partner when I was taking the medication as opposed to now, like, did you notice a big change?
1: So, you being on medication, it really, it affected your energy. It made you extremely mm. mellow. Huh. And I think because before you were taking medication, I didn't know what the medication would do. Uh, I While I have worked with people who have had ADHD, I also hadn't seen like the differences, you know, like, and be around it that regularly for me to see how much yeah, it changes. I noticed
0: you're always asking me like, are you okay?
1: Yeah, because it just, did, it just didn't feel good. It like, like it. the only way I can say it is that it took away all your vibrancy. It took away all your character. Um, and so I don't, I hate saying this, but I don't enjoy when you're on meds because it. it's just things aren't the same. You're not the same. I mean, let's be real, medication
0: is um, also, also, it's also very dangerous.
1: Right. Um, however, I also recognize that there are, there have been that many opportunities come from you being on medication. So something like going to school, you it's going to make it easier for you to focus in school. Um, having important events where maybe you need to focus, so having that medication is helpful at those moments. Um, and then also. You know, like if he wakes up and he hasn't had a good night, like uh, a good night's sleep, it also affects, it increases that risk of like um, overwhelm. And so he's not going to be able to tolerate things as well when he hasn't slept well. And so when he has the medication, then it allows him to, Have still some level of degree and concentration that would be necessary to deal with the level of tolerance that he's at at that given time. Uh, and I also dislike the fact that it affects your creativity. Um, he doesn't want to paint as much, he doesn't want to do well. You said you like you,
0: you, you, you like the fact that it affects my creativity, but you don't like the fact that it affects my the medication, right? You don't like the fact that the medication affects,
1: right? That's what I said. Is that what I said?
0: Well, no, you said oh, I like the fact. No, I don't like the fact. Mm-hmm. Anyways, repeat it, and I'm sure I'll be proven wrong on the podcast.
1: Well, either way, the point is, is he's accurate. I don't like its effects on your creativity. Um, so I think the one thing I wanted to was make was that the
0: same boyfriend though. What was I that the same boyfriend on medication?
1: Um, it I think even affect it, it affects relations? that because you like you're not you're not you. So like, while you may still want to like you know, be the nurturer that you are, or like just supportive. It doesn't change those things, but it changes like, you know, just maybe how much you want to talk. Like you may not be as, open. you're only be willing to listen, but you might not be willing to, you know, open up personally as much. And it's not because you don't want to, it's just because you're not as.
0: Well, yeah, I noticed that like when I was excitable, on Excitable, I guess. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. So, but, um, yeah, I think the one thing I really wanted to be intentional about saying, which is that I think if you're going to be on medication, and of course, you need to talk to your doctors and, you know, work with your people and all of that, um, that you be intentional about the usage of the medication, like, you know, something that Brandon has brought up on multiple occasions, which is that it's important to have moments for creativity. So maybe he takes the medication Monday through Friday, but then on the weekends, he doesn't take it at all. So he can just like do the things that allow his brain to open up and, you know, have some some space for him. But again, I also recognize that everybody is in different positions and you may not have the freedom or flexibility to be able or um, be fortunate enough to make those choices, and um, I, I respect that. But if you have the ability to be able to be off medication, do those things, you know, if you can. Uh, however, one thing that I think that that's important too is that medications are also not always the answer. So, you know, Brandon uses some homeopathic, um, which I I'll see yeah. What, what are those?
0: It's uh, just homeopathic for my. My um my neurotransmitters in my brain. It's just an essential oil blend. I'll also post the picture of that on my uh, Instagram as well yeah. for you guys to see.
1: Yeah, um, and like exercise, food, um, you know, not drinking certain things, eating the right foods that help his brain. And so I think you know. Oh, and also not eating too much sugar. Yeah, um, not having too many hot fries because you know the red dyes and all that, and um something really cool that i've learned from some of the parents that i've interacted with who have children who have adhd is you know they come up with cool techniques to help their kiddos um, do well in school or just in general do things that uh, that support support them one of the things was um there was a kiddo who had adhd and he struggled with focusing in class and so one of the things was that he would always be doing something with his feet and so they gave him something to do with his feet by putting like a one of those stretch bands around the bottom of the, his chair so then that way when he's sitting in class he can just he's getting like strength put back in his legs while he's sitting there and he's also playing and doing something with his legs which takes away the distraction that would be happening with the inattention and so like you know with brandon he's got um, he's got multiple options here at home but he can come and he can sit at the desk and he can set up his um, GoPro and he can draw and drawing is something he loves to do because it goes with his design. And so he can do those things. He can turn on music, he can he can paint, he can read if, if, if and when he wants to. Like, there's just a lot of things he, I mean, he can always fix a little something, you know, like do stuff, tinker with his hands and whatever. And so yeah. um, I right. think that um, trying to find alternatives is always really helpful but I'm also very aware that sometimes medication just has to be a part of the solution.
0: Hmm. Well, I mean, as it has its place and it doesn't, so I, I, I was much more attentive and focused on school. I actually had a 1.87 GPA before I started taking medication. It went up to like a, a 2.9. Uh, but I, again, I wasn't feeling like my whole complete self. So right. that wasn't really that fun. Uh, on the topic of music, While I'm studying, uh, this is the sound of the the Newton cradle that I have posted on Instagram. While that's playing in the background, I also would like to say that uh, Ludovico Inaldi, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, but every single one of his songs is a great, great study song. So look up Ludovico Inaldi, L-U-D-I-V-I-C-O, Ludovico, and then Inaldi will pull up on the end. Look that up on YouTube and check out some of his songs because some of those songs really help my brain focus and get things done, and it's extremely pleasant regardless of the weather outside. So that's what I want to add to the end of that. Um, Also, thank you, Ari, for, I mean, explaining your your experiences in, in those areas to ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say you've learned over, over seven years, though, with me and ADHD? Obviously more patience, duh. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, you know that, I guess, I keep going back to this, but ADHD doesn't have to be a, an, a problem. I mean, Yes, it can come with its own issues, and there are going to be things that are a factor that can create challenges. But it doesn't have to be some ne- negative elephant in the room. it doesn't It just doesn't have to be that thing. And if you can find a way in your circumstance to make
0: it a negative fish in the room.
1: Positive fish?
0: Negative fish. Positive fish. fish. Yeah. Positive, positive anything. Yeah.
1: Yeah, You know, use it to use it to your benefit. And I know not in every situation you'll have that, but I think that maybe before I had just a total misconception about it. And I will also say too, you know, that like before it used to be like on the outside of my world, like, you know, only working with people who were dealing with that. Mm. And then it became something that was an everyday part of my life. And I think probably one of the biggest things that has changed for me is that now I have an understanding that, you know, you're learning how to deal one hour to the next. You're not, you know, like you could have 20 distractions in the span of an hour, and then you've got to do it another hour and another hour after that. And so there's no, it doesn't stop. And so um, I really have just gained a deeper appreciation for, for people um, and for the ability to accept, understand and have patience for what you're going through and how, how that affects our just daily life.
0: Right. Well, I appreciate that first off, because that's really helpful. It's helped me a lot. Um, We've already had conversations about my, my childhood with ADHD and I was definitely taught that I was not going to be able to succeed at a lot of things that were going to be difficult for me because I had this. Um, and so it's been helpful to find a, a person who makes me feel like I can still put on a cape with ADHD on it and, and fly about the world. Um, so that's been really helpful. So I appreciate you for that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. So I hope out of today's podcast, everybody out there, you guys all have, have – gotten to hear from somebody else's perspective on ADHD in relationships and how that affects them. Now granted Ariana is a therapist and a licensed therapist, but she also is a human being and still experiences things just like everybody else does, even though she may already have a bias or an understanding that's a little deeper and and more in depth than you as well. But it doesn't change the fact that these are still things that a person with ADHD brings to a relationship. These are still things that a person with ADHD brings to a job. Uh, These are things that a person with ADHD brings to just the general everyday routines and tasks of cleaning the dishes and doing the laundry. Um, So I hope that each and every one of you out there who's listening to this, I know there's only eight of you, but I really, Really appreciate the 80, the eight, (laughs) 80, (laughs) the eight, I'm speaking into for fruition. The eight of you out there that are listening to me or hearing this podcast, I hope that you guys can get something from this. And I hope that you can talk to your partners if you have a partner. I hope you can talk to your families and get some more understanding on who you are. I hope you can talk to your doctors and be real with them on the situations and circumstances that you're having trouble with. I'm going to add a couple more things to my Instagram profile this weekend. If you guys want to follow, obviously I have a link on my, on my anchor podcast for you guys to join my Instagram. I'm going to go ahead and post some of the things, uh, the homeopathics that I'm taking for my ADHD and things like that. But what I ultimately want out of this episode is for each and every one of you to sit down and think about your own ADHD or the individuals who, you know, who have ADHD and think about how you can better impact, not only your lives, but their lives with understanding and compassion for ADHD. And this also goes for the individuals out there who are just like me, who struggle with this every day. We are definitely not perfect. And this podcast is a pretty good example of why. We're not all made to be perfect. We are all made to have flaws. If our biggest flaw is inattentiveness, hyperactivity, over-sociability, Okay, I'll take that even with the cons. So I hope that you all go home, think about what you can change and reflect on in your own journey, whether you have ADHD or you don't have the ADHD, and think about the situations and circumstances and quick shots or frames from your life that you can change or adjust moving forward. So I hope that this encourages you all to talk to each other or even if you just want to go in the bathroom and talk in the mirror to yourself. I hope there's something that encourages you to talk to yourself or others about what you're going through. It's not, it's not, it's not a problem to have ADHD, but it is a problem to have ADHD and not acknowledge it and accept the gift that you were given. So with that being said, I hope you guys follow, um, some words of advice and tips that have helped me. Like I said, again, I'll post some things on my Instagram. Oh, And a real quick call to action. I really would like any of you, it doesn't matter who you are to send me a message on my email, ADHD positive spelled out 87 at gmail.com or send me a voice message on this anchor podcast because I'm interested in hearing your stories. I'm interesting. I'm interested in conversating with you about some of the things that you're dealing with through my own eyes and just seeing if I have had those difficulties. And if you've experienced difficulties, just like me, I want to hear your story because I want to relate. And that's the best thing that we can do on this podcast is can relate to each other, whether it's through our pain, whether it's through our happiness, whether it's through our guilt or pride, we can all connect and figure out how to make this thing empowering for us. Mm -hmm. So thank you for following. Thank you for listening and once again, thank you Ari for being on here and letting all of my listeners and me know how supportive you are of ADHD, all the circumstances you've had to work with and mm-hmm. all the things that you've had to um, learn because this has been a learning process for you even though you're out of school. Mm-hmm. We learn every day whether we're sleeping or whether we're awake, we're learning together. Yeah. So I appreciate you for being here and helping all of my listeners understand you know, the perspective of a partner who has to deal with this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so, uh, well, thank
1: you for having me.
0: Welcome. Without too much exasperation, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you have gotten even just a small, itty bitty nugget of information that can help you. If you have, great. If you haven't, you're lying, because I know you have. So, <laughs> I know that um, tomorrow will be another struggle for me just like a lot of others. But just because we have a struggle does not mean the war is over. So enjoy the rest of your guys' evening, morning, afternoon, whichever time you're listening to this podcast. As always, love, respect, and I will see you guys later. Thanks.